The Lion Life Podcast, produced by Transmission and Distribution World and Utility Products, brings you stories of the grit, courage, and inspirational teamwork that it takes to be a line worker. For our February 2022 episode, we are focusing on storm restoration. Vladimir Rodriguez, I work for EJ Electric, and I am a general foreman with EJ. Welcome to the Lion Life Podcast. My name is Amy Fishbach, and I am the field editor for TND World Magazine. Today, I am here with Vladimir Rodriguez, general foreman with EJ Electric in Staten Island, New York. Vladimir was our October 2021 featured lineman in TND World Magazine. He is the first lineman in his family, served in the U.S. Army, and was born in New York City. Vladimir, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Before we move on to the topic of storm work for our February 2022 podcast, can you tell me a little bit about how you got interested in the line trade? Um, Well, I I was actually in the internet and I typed in veteran and a lot of jobs came up. And this was one of the jobs that I applied to, to include with the MTA, they had the same position. But I will, I will tell you, I had no knowledge of this, uh, this trade. And I was accepted, actually. I had a couple of jobs uh, offered since. And I decided uh, I'll go with this one. And I think it was the best choice I ever made. Wonderful. And you're now a foreman and overseeing the day-to-day electrical distribution work for Con Ed for EJ. Talk about some of your daily responsibilities as a foreman. So it is a big responsibility as I am. Uh, right now, I oversee, right now I have about 15 employees. So that changes drastically depending on what's going on, you know, um, in this trade. Employees could um, get up and go and go get another job uh, elsewhere with another utility. Um, that's one of the good perks about this uh, this trade. But um, the responsibilities here, you know, day to day, you come in in the morning, you have to line out work. And uh you get the jobs from the utility and you basically uh, line out everything. So the guys have a, a smooth day out in the field. Uh, it being setting poles, um, you know, transferring poles, uh, electrical lines, transformers. There's a lot of things that uh, take place in the day, day-to-day act, um, activities here at, at EJ. Um, but there's a lot of responsibilities that come behind that where you have to make sure that these guys are safe out there. Um, as we know, um, it is construction, but I think it's a little more than just construction because uh, remember, we do work with uh, live energized wire. Okay, now we're going to move on to storms. And when asked about your most memorable storm moment, you shared your experience restoring power following Hurricane Maria. Take our listeners back to 2017 when you were working for Northline Utilities as a foreman. How did you feel when you got called out to work the storm? And how did you prepare for your trip to Puerto Rico? Here in New York City, we understand that the, gov- the governor was trying to activate uh, New York to go assist out in uh, Puerto Rico. So uh, we work with Con Edison and Con Edison was also, you know, they, it was part of the uh, deployment and the contractor, we were the contractor under Con Edison. So we was, it. We was told uh, we were gonna deploy as well. It was, I, I, as you know, from my background, I have done deployments before, but this one was uh, totally different. You know, this was to restore power in uh, Puerto Rico. And it was exciting, but also we know what it is to not, you know, to deal with people without power. 
we basically got the call. We got prepared and, you know, told our families we're going to go help out. There we were. Blink of an eye, we were in Puerto Rico. And it, it, it was a long three, four months, approximately. And Vlad, what was it like when you first arrived on the scene of the destruction? I remember you saying that many homes were completely gone or beyond repair. So the first thing we heard, um, you know, we do follow it when we know a storm is coming. Like at the moment, there's something coming over here in New York this weekend. So we do follow it. We, we look up uh, what are the outages and what's going on over there. So at one point, I know Puerto Rico was zero light. There was nothing. There was just, you know, so that that is something that it, the trade I never heard of. Once we got there, you know, we came in the airport. And then when we were driving, just going to the hotels, it was it was devastating. It was everything was down. You see palm trees, it, you know, palm trees are very strong. And those were down. Houses were just not there. You would see a lot of uh, the people's clothing and furniture. It was just, just all laid out. But we didn't know it was that bad. What we what what to expect when when I got there. We basically went to the hotels. We got briefed, and we took it from there. And uh, areas we went to, you know, you had to start from scratch and just setting poles and running brand new uh, brand new equipment, basically. So basically, we were just getting the grid up, brand new grid. And what was it like for you to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week? And how did you stay strong and alert day after day? So it was tough. It, it was tough. Um, it was something new, you know, the weather out there, um, at least the weather wasn't, you know, the climate. We all know it's in the uh, <clears throat> Caribbean and it's, it's, so it wasn't too bad with the weather, but um just getting up and and because I would not tell you we would not we would not just go to the job and and just work the 16 hours you know we we are we we, we just go work to a limit but um mm -hmm. you know we will work and and we will get the job that we were going to eat breakfast get out to the job you know you have to uh look over the job and and, and make a plan of how you're gonna attack this this job out there every day was different every day was different I mean just because we went to this area didn't finish that did not mean we were going there the next day. So you just have to be uh, prepared mentally. It was, uh, it was not easy because uh, as you know, we leave home, you're in a different area um, and it's not like you could just drive and go home and visit your family. So you just have to be uh, mentally strong, physically strong and, and um, just go there to do what we went to do, which was restore power. It, it, it was not easy, I tell you, and if you needed a day off, you know, just requested it. I mean, it, it, they did accommodate us, but um, we went there to accomplish something, and, and I think we did a pretty good job doing that. And I know that you have a family at home with a fiancé and two children, so how did you stay in touch with them when you were away from home for a couple of months, and how do they feel about um, you being in Puerto Rico? So... I did um, speak to my family every day. Um, at the moment, I did not speak. Um, I did not. I just. I have a newborn now. Back then, I did speak to my um, <clears throat> my son, and and it was and 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 my wife, and it was, you know, you just can't wait um, to get home. Like I said, it's it's uh, back in uh, the military. It was the same. You know, you're deployed, and you just make those phone calls and look for those letters 
here, you know, you make those phone calls, you have the option to take a trip back home. But um, I actually had the opportunity to go home because uh, they were rotating guys. So um, I did come home, but I got the phone call two weeks later. Hey, we need you back, which we went right back over there for the next two months. So, like I said, you just have to be mentally strong. And, and as long as you have a good relationship at home with, with your family and, you know, everything, everything worked out. How did it feel to see your son again when you went home? Oh, wow. It, it was just like, uh, it was just like seeing the people in Puerto Rico when their lights came on. It was just, you know, I was just full of joy. Oh, that's wonderful. And then where did you stay while you were in Puerto Rico? You said, was it a hotel and how were your meals arranged? So when we got there, we were the first to get there. So um, it was a lot of, you know, the power outages were everywhere. So we started, uh, we started in several places. Uh, I just don't remember the name, but San Juan was the main area we was in. And then we, uh, they moved us to different hotels. Um, Old San Juan was the last place where we stood at. Um, it was actually, you know, that's the main area where power was restored. And um, so we stood in the, in the hotels out there. Um, when we wake up, we would eat breakfast in the hotel. And out in the field, depends where we were, if we were anywhere close to the city, you know, we would send somebody out um, to local areas and the food was great. Um, you know, we would actually go buy our food, bring it to the guys. Um, sometimes if we were very close, we'll take a break, guys, we'll have lunch and come right back to, uh, to work. Um, but I, I, there was no complaints with uh, taking care of the men out there. That's great. And then talk about the local community. Um, you said that they showed a lot of gratitude to your crews. What are some examples of how they showed um, how much they appreciated you restoring power? Uh, it, it was it was amazing. It's like I, from bringing boxes. They they would not even just bring one uh, one water to. They bring boxes of water. They would. Uh, set up a whole table outside where we're working and we're telling them excuse me um it's kind of a danger zone okay where would you like us to uh put the table and i'm like i'm sorry and they would tell us we're gonna cook for you so it's like there's no uh you cannot say no yeah because they cannot take no for an answer and i will have to tell you that that was one of the best uh experiences when it comes to uh restoring people to power uh you you restore them or you're working on it and the food is it's like the food is ready to go and that was just one of the uh but people people were just very accommodating they whatever you needed they were there to assist they even wanted to work and help us and they were it, it was just the hospitality was it was extremely you know appreciated so it did help us uh, with the uh restoration of the power it, it actually does when you see people actually you know appreciate you and you said that when you went back to New York, um, not everybody's power was still on. How did that feel for you um, to leave and go back home at that point? Well, you have to be uh, it, you, you have to be ready for that because we we just can't do everything, and we understand that um, <clears throat> whatever they need from us is what we're gonna, you know, whatever the utility that we work for. Once they say we have to go, we have to go. It's, it's, it's not, it's, I don't see, I mean, I, 
I don't see it as a, I can't, I can't make a decision there. We have to go then everybody just say, hey, this is our last week. And there was people that we didn't get to. So it, it doesn't feel right to leave people out of power, but um, it's like so much as an individual that I could do. So like I said, it is, it's, it's very, um, you do feel sad while you're there, but it's just uh, it's just how it works actually that's how the trade works so um i would not mind stay there for you know until everybody was actually on back on but uh hey it sounds like you guys did some amazing work while you're there though and how did it the experience of living in puerto rico change you do you think did you look at kind of your life at home and life in new york city in a different light when you got back home after being in puerto rico for so long um so I was born in New York, but my background, uh, my family comes from Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. So it's like my neighbor, they're neighbors to us. And sure. even though I have not lived in Dominican Republic, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, you know, the same kind of sort of. Absolutely. Out there. So um, it, it was actually good to actually have gone to Puerto Rico and do, do what I did. And I would do it again and again. I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen again, you know, but um, it was it was actually great. Um, I understand how life can be out there. Uh, it's very hard, but it also, it, it, it is something I actually enjoyed, to say the truth. Um, I'm sure it sounds like an adventure and it seems like your crews are very much appreciated while you were there. Um, and then have you worked on any other storms during your career that have stood out to you? Uh, yes, recently, um, Ida. Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So this storm was actually a big one as well. I was in swamp areas where there's more in the states, of course. There's more um, help. There's a lot of a lot of contractors here, but even then, it was a devastation out there as well. It was there was areas just like when I went to Puerto Rico, or even worse that were just gone. The more south we went, the worse they got. But um there was a lot more uh, unity out here. Um, it was so many contractors there that we was able to, you know, get it up and running ASAP. Um, and it was a pretty long storm out there as well. Not as long as Puerto Rico, as you know, we had to, it's a little different out there. You got to take boats and, but here it, it, it was, I believe it was a category four, but um, it, it was, it was pretty, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of damage was done there, a lot of damage. Absolutely, and can you talk about how the line trade really comes together during storms? Do you make friends out on the storms that you see when you go out again on other restorations? Oh yes, yes. Um, it's, it's not always good or how do I, basically you do not wanna work with a, another utility in the same circuit as we know that could lead to some accidents. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you meet a lot of guys out there and, and it's good. It's you, you, a lot of networking, you, you exchange numbers and, and you also see uh, guys out there that are, you know, that you already know, but it's, it's, it's great actually, just to know that we're all there for the same reason. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not so many linemen in the country. So it's good when you go out and, and, and get to uh, see other linemen out there, you know and work, work with them. 
Thank you. Do you have any other comments about life as alignment and working to get the lights on after storms? Well, I think it's one of the most dangerous uh, trades. Um, you always have to be, uh, you know, ready to go. Uh, this trade, you know, there, there, there's a lot of sad stories. You know, we know there's a lot of fatalities and even going to Ida on my way there, there was a fatality the first day um, from another company, you know, and, and we hear it on the radio on our way there. So this is, the storms is one of the most dangerous uh, <clears throat> time in this trade because you don't know what you're running into. You don't know, um, you know, you could walk into a place where you don't even see the wire. It may be covered by debris, the debris and here it is energized and you don't know that. So you have to be ready. And, and one of the main things that I appreciate here is that I've been working with these with these crews here for over five years. So I know every individual and I know when maybe somebody comes to work and they're not a hundred percent, you know, because I mean, we don't know what's going on at home. So it's good to uh, know the people you work with, talk to them every day. I mean, you don't have to talk to them about work. Hi, how, how was your vacation? How was, and that from there, them speaking to you. Yes. You, you know, it shows that you actually care, but it also, helps you to see how they're doing that day, that they're gonna go out and work on a, um, you know, some live conductors, or it could be from as sim something as simple as getting on a truck and slipping off and, you know, but you could tell if, every, if you are on your game that day. Cause I, you, um, I used to be one of the guys I would tell him, oh, come down, I'll go up today. I'll go up in the air because I, I could tell that the person was not, you know, a hundred percent, maybe, I don't know, they, uh, they didn't sleep well today. You know, mm -hmm. you never know. So this is, this trade is, is you have to, you have to uh, look out for your buddies. You have to, because if not, it, it could be, it could be bad. And here I try to talk to everybody every day and, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So this trade, like I said, it sounds, I don't want to scare anybody that's trying to get in the trade, but, but this is, it is a great trade and the best decision, one of the best decisions I've made in my life. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with us today, Vlad, and sharing your experiences working after Hurricane Maria and Ida. And we wish you a safe and long career in the line trade. Thank you very much, Amy, for having me. And uh, I really appreciate it. This episode of the Line Life podcast was written and recorded by Amy Fishbach. It was produced by John Doberstein. Please follow the show to be updated when new episodes are released and leave a review for us on Apple Podcast. Head to the show description to see where you can find us on social media. Thank you for listening to the Line Life Podcast. Podcast.